Welcome, welcome, welcome into the Mostly Manly Show. I am your host, Brad Manley. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, hanging in, you finally probably recovered, I guess, from the road trip. So funny, you know, to say something like that, but shit, I'm old and broken down. You know what I mean? Road trips are rough. And that being said, I can't wait to go next year. We're going to try to shoot for September again next year, maybe the first week in September, make it feel like it's not quite as long to wait because we had a real good time. And there were things left undone. Um, you know, there were people I didn't get to see, but I definitely wanted to see places I wanted to go. Um, it's funny that, you know, people say, oh, I heard you were in town. They, oh, man, why didn't you come see me? Okay, we're only there for five days, and I lived there for 35 years, and I know 8 million people. So, you know, it was... Believe me, I would love to have seen everyone, but it was right then, no offense to anyone, but it was more important getting to spend time with my mom and my brother and my dad than, you know, maybe running around looking for somebody I hadn't talked to in 40 years. Um, I saw Todd and Judy, and they were big parts of my life growing up. We're talking, trying to convince our friend Missy, I know you listen, Missy, I know you do, uh, into going up next year too. And that would be that would be so incredible is if her and her husband would get up there and I'd get up there and then um, we'd have Todd again and his wife, of course, and then uh, Judy would be there. Would, I don't know. Anybody we could find from the neighborhood, it would be it would be great. So we're going to try to try to talk Missy into it. And hey, I'll give her a shout out. I'm uh, Missy's husband. I can't remember your name now. But it would be great if you would accompany Missy to Northern Illinois next fall. That would be an excellent time. She could show you where she lived and meet the goofballs that helped make her the goofball that she is. And she's the best kind of goofball, but most of us are. All of us actually, knock on wood, all of us turned out pretty good. Um, you know, I don't think any of us are... Uh, wanted in any kind of an international court or anything like that. Um, so I think we're doing good. I think it was a pretty good neighborhood. Pretty good neighborhood. Tell you what, it's uh, I'm I'm real happy that I was raised where I was raised and I think my folks did a fine job. Um so many people complain though about everything, don't they? They everything I don't know. I don't want to get political, but nobody wants to take you know, nobody wants to have any accountability. I, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. You know, my mom made me that way. Well, maybe in some cases, yes, but not all of them. Not every single case. Sometimes people are just jackasses. You know, that happens a lot. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. Even the jackasses know it, but they don't want it to be, you know, their fault. Everybody's got a money problem too, right? And it's never their fault. It's never that they spent too much on lottery tickets or, you know, did whatever. And then they complain. And when, you know, things start going bad, oh, my God, I can't believe I owe 17 car payments and they repoed me. Well, that's what they do. Somebody's got to, you know, pay for something. You know, it's crazy. Talk to people I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe they want all this money and back child support. I need to get a vasectomy. Just ridiculous. All this child support. I'm like, what's what's the deal? Oh, you know, remember we used to go to that years ago. We used to go to that one bar, and I met that girl Sandy, and I 
took her home. Well, she we got a kid together, so I'm paying child support on that one. Then that girl Laura from the pool league at that other bar. Remember, I took her home, and oh, we got a kid and a child support on that one. Then remember Christy, the the bartender at the one place, that blonde girl. Mm-hmm. We got two kids together, and you know, pay up child support for them. Ted, I got to tell you, it doesn't sound like you need a vasectomy. Sounds like you need to quit drinking. I'm just saying. So, but speaking of money, even like, you know, big companies always try to cut costs. And one of the things that I've noticed, and this, I guess, is a trend that's been coming. It used to be when you got something at McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's, I'm not calling anybody out, but it's true. You'd get, you know, be four or six sauces in there. There'd be some ketchups, salt, pepper, napkins, maybe an extra straw, fork and a knife if you need it. It would just all be in there. And now it's like you have to ask for one little tiny packet of salt or one packet of ketchup. I understand the sauces. They're probably a little more costly, but it's insane. You know, and so then they take other steps, obviously, to save a bunch of money. I learned this in 2008. McDonald's saved, you ready? $278,850,000 by removing one of the two slices of cheese from the double cheeseburger and creating the McDouble. That's all they did. They had the double cheeseburger and it used to be a dollar. They took one of the, so it was getting caught, you know, not cost effective. They took one of the slices of cheese off, raised the price of the double cheeseburger to $1.19. And then the McDouble was that double cheeseburger minus one piece of cheese. And that was put on the menu for a dollar. So loosely estimated, that's about 20 cents for a slice of cheese. Now, again, I take my shoe off to do this math, but loosely estimating to save $278.8 million, they would have had to sell, by my math, more than a billion McDoubles the first year. Billion with a B. The sheer magnitude of that blows me away. A billion McDoubles. I can't fathom that in, what, a school gymnasium maybe? Right? A billion? Not even? It's got, it's insane. That number is insane. I mean, 2008, oh, yeah. I like to think that I did my part. You know, Fred Manley likes to help people out. I'll be back. And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you came back with me. Um, I was doing a little bit of research. Now, when I talk about research, it's me starting out reading about the best french fries in every state and then i end up you know 65 steps away and i'm looking at the most dangerous bug in idaho but this actually right here was some important research i did i actually put my reading glasses on for it and everything then i typed up the keyboard like i knew what i was okay i'm lying i was using the mouse i can't use the keyboard what the heck okay so i look up uh 
told me to do this. There was something that led me this way. I didn't just out of the blue do it. It was the most dangerous countries to visit. Now, I'll run them down from 1 to 10. And then what goes up must come down or what goes down must come up. I'll go through the top 10 safest countries. Now, this the, this, the distinction here is this says 10 most dangerous countries to visit. I guess you don't even want to con pretend that you're going to live there. And then it's the top 10 safest countries to live in. But anyway, let's do the most dangerous. Okay. Oh, let's start at 10. What the heck? Number 10, North Korea. We all know they got issues. The guy's a nut. Number nine, Pakistan. Um, don't know a lot about it. Hot in the Middle East. Number eight, the Congo. Don't know a bunch about it. There was that movie where the gorilla was killing stuff. Hot in Africa. Number seven, Libya. Don't know much about it. Always had a little bit of political unrest. Hot Northern Africa. Yemen. Know almost nothing except terrible things that uh, bad guys have been around there. And I believe we had one of our ships blown up in port in Yemen. I believe that's right. Or the U.S. did. Um, hot. I'll say it's hot. Number five, Somalia. All I know about that is I always hear about Somalian pirates. And that was in that Captain Phillips movie, but sounds like some bad people. Hot. Number four, Iraq. Know what I know about Iraq? It's hot. Middle East. Number three, South Sudan. South Sudan makes it sound like it's in the southern part of Africa. Hot, humid, muggy. Number two, Afghanistan. Now, if you're in the mountains, I guess it gets cold, but down on flat, it's warm, hot. Don't want to be there. Number one, Syria. Sounds dangerous. Never been. Not planning on going now, but it's number one. Sounds dangerous. Hot. Okay. Top 10 safest countries to live in. Number 10, oddly, Australia. Now, I am have always been of a mind that the animals in Australia, even the bugs, would kill you dead right now. Forget it. But it says it's a safe country. Maybe the animals are hungry and they're looking for more bait. Could be. Number 9, Sweden. Cold. Good hockey. Number 8, Finland. See Sweden. Cold, good hockey. Oh, Finland's good for metal, too, like death metal and stuff. Uh, number seven, Austria. Cold, great skiers used to come from Austria when I would watch the Olympics as a kid. Number six, New Zealand. New Zealand, to me, always looks like kind of a party. It always looks green and people are just chill. So not somewhere I would scratch off my list. I may think about going there. Number five, Switzerland. Cold, neutral. That's what we know about that. Number four, Denmark. Cold, way up north. Number three, Canada. Great white north. Cold. Number two, Iceland. Ice is in the name. Cold, cool music. Um, one of my new faves uh, of Monsters and Men are from Iceland. So I just gave them, oh, I gave of Monsters and Men a shout out on my show. That's cool. I'm sure they'll all hurry and listen. That'd be great. Number one, top safest country to live in, Norway. Cold. Okay, so let's look at what we have here. All of the safest countries 
I mean, New Zealand and Australia are their own things, but all the other ones are Sweden, Finland, Austria, Switzerland, Denmark, Canada, Iceland, Norway. Snow, cold, ice, they're all cold. There's some mountains. The most dangerous countries to visit, Syria, Afghanistan, South Sudan, Iraq, Somalia, Yemen, Libya, Congo, the Congo, I think it's called, People's Republic of Congo, the Congo, Pakistan, North Korea, except for North Korea, hot, humid, muggy. So what's this tell you? This tells you, one, when it's snowy and icy, you don't want to run away from the cops. They don't want to chase you. They'll just shoot you. Better not commit a crime. Number two, the crime rate in the U.S. is up in the summer, too, because heat and humidity and mugginess pisses people off, and then they go and do dumb shit. They break into stuff and beat you up and steal your cars. Although some of those countries, it's a lot worse than that. A lot of human atrocities. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not making light of that. I'm just hot is bad. and <laughs> Cold apparently is better for crime. That's really all I'm pointing out there. The one, the exception seems to be South Africa, right? South Africa, way down there, the very southern tip. Of Africa, duh. Um, it's got to be hot, right? It's got to be hot. But there is oddly a lot of money there, right? Don't they? Isn't that the big diamond capital? Isn't that where they mine a ton of diamonds. So where there's money, I guess you can afford police. I would have thought that you know where there's all that money, there'd be people wanting to steal it, and I'm sure there is. But you can afford, I guess, more law enforcement. It's always where there's where there's a ridiculous amount of money is when things get stupid, right? Like Saudi Arabia has obviously a ton of money. You see guys walking tigers on the beach on a leash. How the hell is that intelligent at all? I know. Oh, I've had him since he was a cub. He's not going to do anything wrong until something happens. Like he gets sick. He doesn't feel good. Um a vase falls, you know, your $8 million vase falls off of a weird-looking, stupid pedestal that doesn't protect your damn vase at all, and it shatters and it scares him, and then he accidentally bites your leg. Well, if your dog bites your leg, you know, put some Neosporin, and you don't put Neosporin on dog bites, apologize, apologize. Put some alcohol on there, clean that sucker out, it'll be good in three, four days. If your pet tiger bat bites your leg because he's nervous, and he latches down on it. You're in the market for a prosthesis. I am just saying. People do dumb shit. All I, you, know what, you know what I know about South Africa? is They used to have the... Oh, do you remember in the 80s, the World's Strongest Man contest that was down there? And they do it now. They do the World's Strongest Man. But these guys are a lot fitter. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's an American Brian Shaw that competes. That guy's... I mean, he's a beast of a human. He is literally a mountain of a man. But he is a lot more fit than the guys I used to see. You know, I'd be watching it on ESPN before there was ESPN 2 and 3. It was just ESPN. But they'd go because they didn't have any programming for the middle of the night. You know, they didn't have contracts with soccer matches or cricket matches or whatever they do at, you know, 3 a.m. You know, when you turn on, it's like... Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are at the 1981 World's Strongest Man Contest coming to you live from beautiful Sun City, South Africa. 
We have a picture-perfect day today, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pleasant 131 degrees with absolutely no wind. Okay, that's a bad start. Bad start right there. Bjorn Schlorgenborg weighing in at 440 pounds and fresh off of his breakfast of an entire pig with the cholesterol level of two entire fried cheese wheels attempts to move this building down the block using only his ridiculous blood pressure. You know, luckily guys are more fit now. And and I hope it's a little bit different. It, it, you never know, though. You never know. Hey, I wanted to give a couple shout-outs. Um, my friend Eula May, um, giving her a shout-out. She's working real hard now. She actually got some more work. So I'm uh, worried about her, though. So if she checked in every now and again, that would be great. Uh, my friend Tessa's uh, dad is is ill. He had himself to flu and he was in the hospital. Poor guy can't catch a break, it don't seem. Speaking of not being able to catch a break, my friend Desiree uh, had some surgery. And now, luckily she hadn't gone home from the hospital because now she has the coronavirus. So I hope, hope, hope that she gets better and she can get on out and start kicking some ass. Um, anybody, if it's your birthday coming up uh, today, to, uh, today, Sunday, yesterday, sorry. When you hear this, it'll be yesterday. Uh, my friend Cameron, my best friend Bella's son, Cameron, uh, turned 19. So happy birthday, Cameron. Cameron's a fine, fine young man. And um, I'm proud to say that I've known him for quite a minute now and watched him become a, a fine young man. So, um, hey, if anybody's got a birthday coming up, yell at me. Put it on Facebook. Do whatever. I'd be more than happy to wish you happy birthday. Then you, you know, nonchalantly play it in front of your kids and that your kids think you're cool. Mom, that guy's talking about you on the radio. <laughs> Was he? I didn't even notice. Thanks, though. That's nice. That's nice of him. I don't even know who he is. That's just some guy probably knew it was my birthday because I'm famous. You know, go. I would go that route. That's the way to go. Guys, I appreciate you listening to me. Um, for once, this one's going to be out on time. And until I talk to you next week, do your best to stay manly.